following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews, episode 63. We are the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. How are you doing tonight? If you have a business of things that have sizes, and you have two sizes, you don't have a medium. (laughs) All right? And if I call and I order the small, I want the small. Don't say, do you mean the medium? No, you have a small and a large. Yes, I 100% agree. That's the, yeah, that was the, Thank you. That's hilarious, though, the way you're explaining that. I'm like, what is, what, is, what is he getting at? But yeah, if you only have two sizes, it can't be a medium. It can't be an XL. You have small, you have large. Yes, that's one's it. smaller and one is larger. How funny is that that they're like, you mean medium? Like, no. Do you like ha- it was my yeah. fault. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, we have uh, award-winning. Um, I'm trying to think exactly how to say it, but uh, everybody knows everybody knows Seth for one. But we've got our buddy Seth here in the house uh, from Iron Hill Brewing that recently brought back a um, gold medal from GABF. So uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, this is uh, becoming a regular thing, and I kind of like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate you being here, and I've got audio coming out of here, and I don't know how to do that on a Mac. We may be here for a minute. I'd say there's some sort of function key, but I don't think there's function keys on a Mac, is there? Oh, yeah, there is. Well, yeah, I appreciate you being here. Oh, there it goes. I think we... Uh, th- here you go. Nice. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Hey, look, I mean, even the best podcasts that make all the money in the world still do things like this, so I think we're okay. Shout out to uh, Anthony. Thank you for being here. Uh, oh, look, three guys playing on their phones. <laughs> and uh, Fish, what? You're going live? I'm in line at Burger King. So <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys uh, for watching. Uh, Taylor is in the house, obviously. Taylor said we went to Iron Hill tonight and brought home some Liberty. Goza. Yeah, Goza. Awesome. He said it's nice. delicious. And um, Anthony says apples for children and luddies. What is that word? Luddies? I, I got nothing on that one, Anthony. That his his uh, vocabulary is beyond uh, what my mind can handle. I will take the kissy emoji, though. Yeah, that works. But Anthony, thank you for being there, obviously. <laughs> so, um, man, how exciting you guys won um, gold at GABF. That's such an exciting thing. I, I really wish I was at was able to be at the watch party. I think I was in Indianapolis and seeing all the posts come in, and I was like, man, that, that must have been really exciting. Yeah, that, so that was the, um, you know, last year with the pandemic and everything, uh, it just, it was kind of a letdown, not for the people that won, like, Obviously, it's awesome. Everyone should experience that at some point in their life in the in the brewing industry. But just not being able to be out there, not being able to have parties for it. You know, everyone was kind of watching around their living room tables, seeing what was going on. So this year, we decided to go kind of big and brought all the brewers in who were responsible for sending beers out there and hosted a ton of people at the Tap House in Exton. And, 
you know, it was all for naught. We actually won. Yeah, it might have been a little embarrassing if we didn't, uh, but we were able to bring home the gold in the American Pilsner category for our King Gold's Lager, which was uh, brewed by our guy Pete up in Newtown. Uh, he's super, super proud of this beer, and we're super proud of him for uh, putting in a, a gold water, gold medal winner. We're, we're, we're really amped on it. We're going to uh, put another batch in the tank here on Monday or Tuesday, I believe. Oh, nice. And so we will have it available. We, uh, we kind of got caught with our pants down a little bit. We only had two half barrels when we won. So uh, <laughs> you guys are lucky in getting to drink some of the last little bit that's around oh, nice. right now. Very exciting. Um, but we will have more uh, shortly in about, in about, it's about a four to five week flip on that beer. So uh, we're hoping by the, the start of November to celebrate our 25th anniversary, we'll, we'll have that beer ready to rock. Oh, that's perfect timing. Yeah. Couldn't work that's that really better. That's really good. Man, um, do you know in depth, like, what the GABF. Uh, style, category, like, you know, what they're actually looking for and how they're judging this beer? Did so you guys go back and look that up afterwards? They, GABF looks basically to the uh, BJCP stylistic standards. Um, if you're going to enter, you know, the American Lager category, the American Pilsner category, or anything that's not hazy and you have a little bit of chill haze to it, which we all, you know, know happens, you're going to probably get thrown out pretty quickly. They want to see a beer that stands up to the exact stylistic definition as presented to them. And they're kind of sticklers on it. Sure. Um, so that which makes this win even even a little bit more impressive to me is that we took something like the you know, an American Pilsner and went out there and just absolutely knocked it out of the park. And it's a hard style. Uh, there's a lot of heavy hitters out there. I mean, you know, one right down the road with Victory. I mean, they've been making Pilsners forever and making good yeah. ones. So being able to come in there and pull the gold, we were we were super happy about that. Um, it's not the first uh, lager gold we've won either, so we even felt better about that. <laughs> that we make some pretty darn good lagers. Yeah, right? That's exciting. How many – do you have any idea about how many – Total beers were entered, uh, total and maybe style. Do you have those numbers off the top of your head? I don't have the top of my head. Stylistically, I believe there are about 90-some categories. Um, as far as numbers of beer entered, the only one I have in my head right now was the hazy category, and that was about 900. Holy um, cow. I know for this one, there were about 110. So, okay. um, you know, it, it varies. You know, there's so many different styles out there that the, the general beer public doesn't know about. And I really didn't even know about until I got into the industry. I mean, we entered a rog beer, which is a rye style beer. Uh, we entered a milk stout um, and we entered a lot of the traditional categories as well. But there's just a ton of categories out there. How many judges do they have to have out there? A lot, and you, as an entering brewery that's in good standing with the BA, every once in a while you're asked to send some people out to judge. So a lot of our brewers have actually had the opportunity to go out there and judge. And, and kind of the joke or, or one of the funny parts about the judging is is that it's completely blind. I mean, it's, it's methodologically sound. So there's a good chance that a judge could trash their own beer or, yeah, a, beer, right. or a beer from their brewery. Sure. Um, and and I, I assure you it's happened before. Oh, I'm sure. Point. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, that, that, I think that is what kind of sets GABF apart is that that possibility is real and probably happens every year. Do you get any feedback from the judges? Do you get a sheet that says your color was a four out of five, your taste was whatever out of whatever? You do. Um, every year for every beer you enter, you will get your judges' notes back, which I think is a really cool thing that GABF does because they could just say, okay, see you next year or whatever, but they're in this business to make better beer for everyone else. 
So you do get your your stylistic notes back and your judging notes, and you you can see how far your beer progressed into the table. Um, there's a there's a final table, and so you'll be able to know whether your beer made it to the final table or not, which is really neat. Like you really get to know. Okay, either we came so close on this, or damn, did we miss the mark on that one? So yeah. I mean, imagine being at the table like that. You, there's so many beers to try. How you know, I just wonder what the process is like. How many do you do? How do you take a break? How do you reset your palate? Um, you know, all of these things to, you know, to keep things going. I think it's interesting that they also, you know, the top ones maybe out of however many make it to the next round. And I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's, a, it's a crazy process. I'd love to know more about it, but also fun. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Everyone I know that's been a judge out there has had a great time doing it. But, you know, there, I think it comes with a little bit of stress, too, because you know, GABF is such a big thing, and you're judging a style, and you damn well better know what the stylistic intentions are, and then you have to be able to discern that from all these beers you're drinking. And, you know, power fatigue's a real thing. Um, I'm sure they have tons of uh, crackers or matzo out there to reset the palate and seltzer water. Those are two of the, the best ways to do okay. it. Um but it's you know it's a long process and it, it, it you know especially with some like the hazy category with 900 entries first of it's all crazy. that after like 10 I wouldn't be able to taste anything for a week so right. I don't know how those guys do it but I'm sure they have a method that GABF if anyone's gonna figure it out it's BJCP and GABF they're gonna figure it out sure so just how my palate is tonight drinking this I was surprised um, just how hoppy it is I feel like I'm getting quite a bit of bitterness out of it. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, it's delicious. It doesn't surprise me at all that, that you know, it could be up there with, you know, other heavy hitters or, or ones that, that – being the one that won because, I mean, not only does it have that great bitterness, but it's got a great balance to it and a ton of good flavor. That's going to be your difference between the American Pilsner and the German Pilsner category is your American Pilsner are going to be a little bit – or they're, they're looking for them to be a little bit more on the hoppy side. That's just how we gotcha. do our Pilsners. Okay. Um, this one, I think, is a perfect example of that. Um what I like about this beer, and I hate this term, but it is 100% crushable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> low ABV, and I can drink, you know, I could lawnmower with these beers and oh, be sure. perfectly happy with it. And that's why I think that it, uh, it, it, it really stood out in my mind. I actually was having a conversation with Pete before the streaming started and telling him how much I really like that beer and that we should do something more with it. And then, lo and behold, we won, and everything came to fruition right then and there. Yeah, that's so wild. Um... I don't know. I can't imagine what what walk us through what it was like watching. You know, how do they do it when you're watching it live or whatever? Do they do like a bronze, yeah, silver, it, gold kind of thing? It, it moves rather quickly because they got to get through all the styles and you know, there's with that many styles and that many awards. Like you can, you don't want to stop and let everyone give a Oscar award winning speech. Sure. So you come through, you get. You know, they put the medal on, you take your picture, you walk off stage. Um, for us streaming it, um, we started the stream early uh, and had a little technical difficulties, but got it rolling. We missed the first couple, <laughs> which we weren't entered in, so that's okay. Uh, we got it rolling, and then they, they put a, um, like a placard on the screen that tells you what they're on and then winning. So it's in, it's in real time. Sure. Uh, we, um, Mark Edelson... Our uh, founder and owner was out there along with John, who runs our logistics side. They were both out there, so we were able to text back and forth with them, knowing what was coming, how it was moving. Okay, we nice. printed out sheets for everyone who was at the tap room to know what categories we were in by number, okay. so they could follow along. Nice. 
Um, That's awesome. But then when we won, all bets were off, and they had to bring some mops out, and yeah. it was <laughs> it was quite the celebration. It's my first time winning a, a, a GAB, a part of an organization that won a, a GABF medal with with that brewery. So yeah. it was a it was a, a very uh, bittersweet, uh, I would say, experience for me because it was so just everyone was so happy, jumping around, beers may have been getting spilled. <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, I've been with a lot of really good breweries, but landing with, with Iron Hill and then having this happen was, was, was just a great feeling for me. And I, I hope every brewery out there gets to go through it. I don't want to call you out, but I don't know if spilled is the correct term poured over yeah. might have been a, you may have seen the video like on that. social media yeah, so spilled might not be the best i term. saw some uh, of those videos yes <laughs> luckily our social media team was uh right there ready to rock and roll yeah. when, when we won so it worked out oh so exciting that could be a tiktok right there yeah, yeah that could be a tiktok <laughs> there we go yeah i love this beer i love the color of it you're right it's something <clears> that it's it's got a lot of flavor but like you said you know it uh it goes down easy yep so once it's down, it doesn't feel like it's too heavy, and you can just keep going. So I'm I'm definitely definitely um, enjoying it, and uh, congratulations! Thank just, you. Yes. We we guys really appreciate it. It was uh it was our first one in a couple of years, um, and uh, I think everyone felt a little bit of sigh of relief uh, when we when we pulled the win, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, I, again. I really hope every brewery out there listening gets an opportunity to win a gold medal or any type of medal at GABF. It's a huge achievement. Um, I know that. In the industry, it's it's not as regarded as it used to be, but I think it's even more uh, prominent now because of how many breweries there are in this country. Now you're competing against 4,000 breweries if they wanted to enter yeah. for anything. So I think winning now is is even more impressive for everybody than than winning you know 10, 15 years ago. Not that's not impressive too, but it, you know, there's a lot more competition now. And it's such a um I don't know what the right word I'm looking for is, but you know, it's subjective, right? Like there's, there's so many, you know, people that'll say, you know, Treehouse is like the best brewery ever, but like all they do is, well, that's not all they do. They do a, a lot of styles, but I, I don't even know if there's somebody that enters kind of thing, but, um, you know, regardless, people just love certain breweries yeah. or think that certain styles are the way that it should be. And, that's all that they care about. And I could see where people like maybe aren't as big on GABF because there is so much out there and so much noise, um, you know, untapped culture, all those sure. things that, that kind of water it all down. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, that, uh, that excitement for it come back and people, you know, take it seriously and, yep. you know, keep the, the culture strong and keep, keep it alive. I wonder if they maybe think about doing it a little more regionally to try and get some more, you know, are all these, it, it seemed like a lot of Western breweries were definitely among the winner lists. And I don't know if that was because they were the best. I'm sure they were, but were they more heavily entered than East coast? Breweries? There is uh, I mean, one of the main complaints about um, GABF from people in and out of the industry is that the West coast breweries seem to always have a strong showing. Now I, I think that, is probably because their beer is that good because there's just a lot more breweries out there and it's been going on a lot there a little bit longer than it has on this side of the country. So I think that, you know, the beer probably is that good, but I think a lot more West coast breweries probably enter than sure. East coast breweries. Um, 
And then, you know, when you look at the styles they're entering it into, like a lot of those West Coast breweries are entering like styles that East Coast breweries aren't interested in. Um, sure. You know, and, and so I think that gives them a, an advantage over, over say, you know, uh, one of the East Coast breweries that we all like, you know, something like Treehouse is a great example. Like Treehouse isn't going to enter an American Pilsner. They're just not. Now they'd enter the hazy category and they'd have a good shot there and their stouts are, are we all know, are great. But I don't know that, that Treehouse would take the time or effort, nor do they need to, to make, you know, a Rausch beer or a, a Schwartz beer or anything like that. So I think when you get into the category, again, there's so many categories that, you know, some breweries excel in some things. I think um, uh, Neshaminy Creek won with their smoked beer, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but a lot, not a lot of breweries are out there making smoked beers, nor no. do they have the equipment to make a smoked beer. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think you play where you think you can win and that's, I think sure. a lot of the West coast breweries get to, get to come out and do well. Yeah. I forgot about that. Do you, do you know off the top of your head, any other PA? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, workhorse one, yeah, that's right. a silver for their goes a prickly pear. Congrats to them. Attic brewing one. Oh yeah, I had a They won a gold. I just don't remember what it was for. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. But dude, I um, I th- they used to be right where what I used to work out of. Now that I work from home, but uh, they were right down the street. I went there right after they opened, and um, I just became a big fan of their beer right off the bat. I yeah, just, I, they, they made do great a beer. great job. Yep, they made great beer. Um, I think Dock Street won for their one of their Bach beer, I believe. Um, and that I'm sounds tr- right. Trying to remember anyone else in PA. Um, yeah, I don't think there was a whole ton of them. I remember just flipping through that super long list and be like, "Oh, there's Workhorse, cool." Yeah, there there's may have been a Pittsburgh one that won, maybe. Mm, I just yeah. can't remember who. I think uh, Mr. Steve's maybe trying to. There's such a lot. Like, you know, there's search 287 rows of yeah. winners. Yeah, I think you can search my state. Um, but, uh, Greg was asking uh, any chance. This beer is going to be canned and sold at maybe Giant. Um, not yet. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is put it on draft, um, and that'll be out the first of November. Um, we have had some discussions about it, but it hasn't really gotten into uh, the pipeline yet. Um, we all love this beer, um, and I think the first the first step for a brewery putting a beer out into production and retail is that you have to love it yourself. Um, so sure. step, so uh, that 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 box is checked. Uh, we all love this beer. So getting it out on draft is our next step, um, and then we'll go from there. You know, um, we want to be strategic about what we put out into the market, um, and so being able to put this out in draft and kind of celebrate the win uh, is our is our focus at this point. Yeah, that's awesome. So your uh, your PA list is Nishamity Creek Gold for their smoke beer. Uh, Crodon, Crydon is burning. Um, Cinderland's Brewing, uh, one for their Brett beer uh, called Greg. Uh, Dock Street won Man Full of Trouble for their Brown Porter. Porter, that's what it was. Uh, That was bronze. Uh, Attic won silver for their Bach Unresolved. Shout out Anthony in the comments. He got that too. And uh, Workhorse for their Prickly Pear Margarita. Contemporary goes I gotta get more workhorse. I think. I think that's one of the ones that that keeps popping up. People rave about their West Coast. I think is supposed. They to make be a very good West Coast. Very IPA. good. They do. I um, had their uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah. And I thought it was very good. Nice. I need to get more. Seth, what's up, Hammer? Coming from Phil Murphy, saying <laughs> hi. <laughs> Hammer's my uh, my nickname. 
that I give everybody. He's he got has to not steal it. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for not joining my fantasy football league, Phil. Appreciate it. <laughs> and Brett's out there in the chat. Um, so yeah, it, it's just uh, it's real crazy to think about. Do you think there needs to be more competitions? So you have GABF and you have the Beer Cup, um, both of which get tons of entries into. Um, I think. I think Steve made a good point earlier about maybe regional competitions and doing things. And, you know, we do the one here in Downingtown with the home brewers. So, you know, true. Yep. These events do happen. Yep. Um, but I think the hardest thing is getting the judging right. You have to get certified judges to get out there and, and do what they need to do. And, and I hate to say this, but, you know, the, the that's fallen off a little bit as far as like people that are that are going to the BJCP courses and, and becoming judges. Like, okay. it's just it's not what it used to be. Sure. Um, it could be again if we if we put emphasis on it as an industry. I think that we could get people in there pretty easily. Yeah, maybe less competitions would hopefully mean more legitimacy. You know, if there's too many, you know, I, I got a phone call today from somebody that was like, "We, you know, your business is listed as, uh, you know, top whatever in, in the area." And I'm like, with what organization? Like, who did this? And I'm like, I don't understand what you're trying to get more information about. And they were like, it's a paid advertisement. Like, you can pay for us to, right. you know, write this up about you. So I guess, you know, all that, sh all those shenanigans are out there as well. Maybe we develop the Might Be Brews competition circuit. There we go. And the, the style guidelines are if I like it or not. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'll, I'll give a I'll give an opinion, Poor but this. Mr. <laughs> Steve gets the vote, and so I guess is it this weekend is going to be like, is it this weekend where Oktoberfest is really going to start kicking off everywhere? Yeah, so um, I've seen a lot of stuff happening this weekend. Um, we have a a couple of things going on. We start our Oktoberfest celebration in all of our pubs tomorrow. Nice. Uh, so we have like four menu items, and then our Oktoberfest will be on everywhere. Our pumpkins, we have like four different variations of our pumpkin, um, and some other um, German-style beers um, will be on at all of our pubs, and we'll do that through traditional Oktoberfest. So it'll run until the 2nd of October, um, and then we'll move on out into the, the Halloween, the Halloween getting ready. Yeah. But um, no, I think that a lot of this is going to be... Um, what else do we have? Uh, Newtown Beer Fest is this weekend up in Bucks County. We'll be pouring there. Nice. Uh, next weekend, we've got Glassboro in Jersey, which is a big, fun beer festival. And we also have Lidditz Beer Fest. Fish, are you out there? Are you going to, uh, to Glassboro? That's like right down the street from him. Is it? Oh, he should definitely go. It's one of my favorite beer festivals. That's awesome. You have a, uh, a brewski we can crack? I was thinking, yeah. should we do the other gold uh, or uh, other winner or go straight to October? Yeah, we'll go with this one. This, yeah. So this is Lodestone Lager. Um, it is our first beer we won GABF with. Okay. Um, so we've done the, the latest one, and now we'll do the uh, Nice, the last the new one. one. Yeah. So that one... Um, how or when did that win? What did it win? And what category was it? I was also American Pilsner. I okay. do not know the year off the top of my head, um, but it won gold. So it was our first nice. gold. I don't want to drink anything but winners. I believe it was, I actually believe it was '97. Um, Mark kind of stuff. Mark, uh, I was on our owner. 
tells a funny story about when he got into this industry and they, they founded the first uh, Iron Hill down in, in Newark. His goal was to win a, a GABF medal, and they did it in, like, the second year. And he was like, oh, I guess I need a new goal. Uh, so, no, this one, um, we've kept it around. Uh, it's on... It's on draft at a couple places right now. It's definitely on the Tap House in Exton. It'll be part of the Oktoberfest celebration. A little more uh, bronze to it. Yep. A little more caramel color to it. Just a little bit. But still, I can still, still see your, uh, your oven through there. Yep. Two-finger test always good to do. See through a beer. What do you just stick? Put them on the side. See if you can see both of them. See both, you. you're good to go. You could put them in, too. I mean, that's fine with me. Depends on how many I've had before. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm not going to judge. What are your uh, thoughts on the milk pour? I don't have the mental capacity to even <laughs> consider the milk pour. Really? I, it's taken me this long to get to be comfortable with the Pilsner slow pour okay. and like understand the scientific benefits to it. Yeah. The milk pour I look at and I just and I needed a couple of years. <laughs> to so, get on what I what I maybe what I don't understand about it is like if you pour a beer real hard and it is all foam. It settles, and you still have, like, three-quarters of a glass of beer. Like, I don't know if that happens with a milk pour. It's a different foam. Right. Okay. So the the hard pour or the, you know, the, the straight up and down pour, uh, you know, you will have your your people who are big into the aromatics will argue that's where you get your best aromatics from, and, and they're not wrong. Sure. But at the same time, if that's what you're doing, you're taking up space for beer. Um, so the milk pour... That foam is just a different ball game, and it's supposed to just kind of come back around almost. Okay. Um, but I have not messed around with the milk pour yet. Uh, we were discussing it yesterday uh, in our production meeting. Do you guys have a side pool at the uh, at the tap? We house? do not have one at the tap house. We do have some at some of our restaurants. So we did talk about you know, and I have one on my decorator. So like, okay. but I haven't done it. It's just at this point, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I can't wear one anything else right now. Did you do one? I did not do one. I think when I went to Human Robot, it was yeah. like the week before the mayhem started. Yeah. It's so crazy because it seems like it's uh, one of those things that's just so bitterly divided. Like right away, people are like, oh, this is so cool. Check this out. And then other people trash it. And I don't know what to think. But, I mean, I could, I, I wouldn't mind doing, like trying it. I mean, it, 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 it's got to be some kind of experience. But then, like, when depends on how people put it because sometimes they're like, that's five dollars for like you know a chug of. of well, I think air. human human robot does like two dollars on Tuesdays, and then like three dollars okay. every other time. So that's cool. It's less. I understand it being less. The people that like freak out, like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" Like, okay, the people have their fun. It's okay. What's the SRM, Seth? I don't know it on this beer. Um, I can, if it's someone's interested, I can absolutely find out and get back to them. But what does SRM stand for? <laughs> it has to do with the light in the beer and the, okay. and, the, and, the and the level of darkness to light in the beer. Um, but I can find out for them. It's not a beer. The Lodestone is not. I mean, um, it's not a beer that we normally have on. We bring it back for GABF. So I would have to look at uh, go back into the production notes and find out. Anthony said he he drank a Milko with Devin. Shout out Devin. Uh, one of my favorite humans at Human Robot. I get it. It was neat. I'm not going to sit and chug Milkos anytime soon, but I'd have another. So eh, it's it's nice to hear like another opinion about it. Somebody that's that's, that's had one. Um, somebody else saying for Lodestone, it's about a 4.5. Justin Lowe says that. 
Oh. 4.5. Justin uh, Lowe would know as he is one of our brewers. Okay. <laughs> did I meet so Justin? So it's a 4.5. You did. Justin brewer, yeah. is the, the, I hate to describe him like this, but he's our redheaded brewer. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> the redhead. Yeah. So this, this one, obviously, um, you know, you can almost tell by the color, but uh, it, it's it's definitely a bit more sweet and, uh, a little, you know, not as hoppy, but delicious. Just a beautiful, you know, well-rounded beer. Again, I hate the term, but it's crushable. Can we come up with a bet, something better? Like, I just no. I like that word, though. I, I, you just I just feel like it's it? overused a little yeah. bit. It's like, Drink. how's that beer? Oh, it's crushable. Drinkable. Like, drinkable. Like, uh, no uh, shit, it's drinkable. It's, it's liquid. Right. I like lawnmower beer, kind of. Like, sure. it's a lawnmower beer. Like, I can drink 30 of them. Taylor always says approachable. Approachable is pretty good, but that makes it almost seem like it's like you're talking kid shit. Like, yeah. you know. My, my first Sony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can have a higher ABV beer that's still approachable. Slammable? Slammable. Slam- crushable. Cru- have we thought about crushable? What do you guys think about crushable? <laughs> crushable. Maybe we should go with it. That's it. It's crushable. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely, <laughs> I'd say this is a little bit more bready than the, the first beer, but it's still. Yes. It's still crushable. I would agree with that 100%. There's those good, uh, good words that, yeah, yeah. that I can't come up with. Nice. Yeah, um, I don't know. I like that one a lot. I'm, I'm looking forward to Oktoberfest activities. Um, I'm trying to get as many Oktoberfests down my throat this weekend uh, and for the foreseeable future. I don't know why, but I haven't gone out of my way to grab them. Like, you know, the, the beer stores have been stacked, and they've got that whole section that's just, like, brown and orange. Wegmans has the whole uh, end cap yep. set up for yep. you. Yeah. But uh, I haven't dug into it yet, and I was I really, really enjoyed it last year, and I thought for sure I was going to go in hard, and I just haven't really got around to it. Still time. Yeah. There's still time. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to – you know, I kind of got overwhelmed. I, like, went to look at them, and I was like, I don't know which one to get. There's so many. I'm like, I know the Great Lakes is good. I know that, um, what do you call it? Like, I've heard good things about Workhorse. I think I think I saw that one there. And um, what do you call it? Of course, like the the traditional ones, the Hofbrau and, yeah, of course. you know, the yeah. ones that, that, that are the uh, from overseas kind of thing. So I just couldn't decide which one to get. Uh, and then, or maybe multiples. Get them all. Yeah, you get, <laughs> just get a mix pack. They're like yeah. fine. They're like Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just catch uh, them all. I had uh, mainstays yesterday. Yeah, and I thought it was really good. Like, nice. Um, you know, Brian O'Reilly does a great job with loggers, and he he nailed this one too. So uh, theirs is also uh, that's that's kind of the cool thing about Eastern PA is every brewery around here makes a good Marzen. Like we have so many good uh, Brothers Kirshner. East oh, Branch. I love oh, Brothers Kirshner. Such yeah. good Oktoberfest around here. And I'm glad that like we're keeping that tradition. Cause you go to other parts in the country and yeah, they'll have a couple, but nothing like what we have in Eastern PA with everybody putting one out. Yeah. Anthony is uh, asking, he's going to be at a uh, Oozle Finch uh, in Virginia. Actually, I've had a bunch of Oozle Finch, Anthony, the, uh, the brewer there is friends with a guy I play poker with. And, um, it's all kind of hopped up. Uh, they they do a lot of fruited sours. They do a lot of hazies. So it's a lot of those kind of beers. But for if you want the fruited sours, they're tasty. Um, they're not my personal go-to. I'll I'll have a little bit of a crowler on poker night and enjoy it. But I don't drink too much of it. And I haven't had too much of their other stuff besides the hazies <laughs> and the uh, sours. He's yeah. I'm sorry. That's the best info I got for you right now. They might have other stuff that I just haven't had yet, if that makes you feel better. That's kind of cool. Beer Mill was doing a mixed case. That would have been, 
a good idea. Yeah, Dave over at Beer Mill, great guy, knows his beer, and he put two together this year. And I think Kunda also did, uh, Chris Kunda at Kunda Beverage yep. did a couple too. I think we're featured in one of those. Um, he's been doing that for a couple years. But yeah, I mean, I'll drink all the Marzins all the time. Like Mario just picked up the Zero Gravity Oktoberfest at Exton Beverage. I don't know much about Zero Gravity. Beer Mill was also doing a uh, mixed pack of uh, pumpkin beers, too. 24 case, twenty-four uh, different beers in the case. Big Top typically does mixed packs, too. Yeah. Yeah, I got to I gotta pick up a mixed pack and do that. I was just uh, reading here, Wallen Palm Pack, um, which uh, they, they've been on the show. Um, they're, they're great people. They're yep. doing a mixed pack of German-style beers. I got to get up there. Their facility is fantastic. Really, it is. We did a when I was uh, back when I was with Great Lakes. We did a collab with them, and nice. uh, it was a, a great collab day. Um, they could not have been nicer, and their facility is is absolutely stunning. Wow. Yeah, I gotta I gotta make that trip up there. That'd be really nice to see. Um, How a, far are they actually from us? I'd say it's about a two hour fifteen minute cruise. Okay. Um, you're right at the you're right at the. Um, Right on uh, Lake Wall and Popback, obviously, but you're also right by the New York border at that point. So you're yeah. like Sullivan, Sullivan County, New York is right there on the on like the other side of the lake, basically. Yeah, it looks when I looked at it on the map, Holly, I think, is the town. Yep, Holly's, yep, the very northern yep. tip of the lake. I mean, it's still technically the Poconos. Okay. Yeah. I have very little experience with the Poconos, and I feel like I could get there in an hour, or like four and a half hours, and I could still be in the Poconos. Yeah. That's how little I know about the geography. I hear you. I, I have a tough time uh, with geography myself. I um, I don't know. I was I, w- I had to drive this week. I went to um, Foxwoods, Connecticut, mm-hmm. the casino. It's really neat. It's it's so strange because you're like going through New York, and then passing through. I did not stop. I wanted to stop so bad at uh, in New Haven and just try to find some good pizza. There's some good pizza in New Haven. That's what they say, that's right? The, that's the spot. I should have done it. I didn't do it. I was just kind of like in a rush going in and coming out of there. But um, what's so weird about that place is you find you, you're driving through like population and then you're just driving like through the woods, it feels like. And I got there, went to my hotel room. It was like 17th floor. And I look out the window and I can't see anything but trees. It's just trees and woods for as far as you can see. It's kind of wild like where it sat. But um, I had... This this one beer that I was drinking the whole time was called like sublingual subling I don't know it was something like that but it was a green submarine tap handle and they said it was a local Connecticut beer and I wish I could do them better justice on whatever beer that was but um it was like the one that I found that I like and we just ended up drinking it the whole weekend. Mario's telling Sally's a pizza that's the New Haven yeah. joint. Sally's is great. There's another one, right? The, uh, the you're either a Sally's or a what is the other one? Um, I was just there this summer. I can't oh, yeah? remember what the other one was. Um, and we did get. We also had to wait like an hour and a half for the pizza, really? but they let you booze while you're doing it. So it oh, made that's cool. better. Like, that's, I was like, ah, yeah. an hour and a half, make it two. Is that the they the ones that do the uh, white clam? Yes, 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 yes. Oh man, I don't know if I could do that. Oh, I we did not. Um, <laughs> we we did not. Uh, it was hot. Yeah, right. Would you say you would do it? Oh, yeah, I love yeah. clams. Yeah? Ooh, yeah, I do a white clam. Dang. Dang. Pepe's is the other. Pepe's, Pepe's The yes. other one. They're like a block away from each other. It's yep. crazy. It's like a, you know... Um, it's like a strip in the middle of, you know, right off Yale's campus. 
I was thinking the the cheesesteak guys, which I'm going to completely pass on now. Pats and Geno's. Yep. I think somebody just got killed there last night. Did. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Huge fight outside of Pats. Wow. And it wasn't over the cheesesteak. No. <laughs> what a world we're in. Right. I um. I, you guys are still working on yours a little bit, but I'm ready to uh, to try something new. I'm trying to think of what might be next. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Well, I guess um, while, we're, while we're looking for a new one, I'd love to give a shout-out to um, Animated Brewing. If you guys didn't see... Yeah, let's crack the Animated. The animated. If you guys didn't oh. see online on our uh, Facebook pages and um, Instagram accounts and things like that, um, there was a bunch of them that, that I know got flooded... Uh, breweries uh, Free Will as well. Um, I know there was another one they were talking about that also um, took on some water. But uh, our friends at Animated, man, I just really feel like, I, I don't know, we've known them for a long a long time. I, I know I have personally um, way before the brewery was a, was a thing, and um, I was really excited for them to finally open up a space, and little did they know opening their doors in March of 2020 that, uh, you know, Mr. COVID-19 was coming. So not only did they have that kick in the balls, um, obviously with Ida, they got um, completely flooded and trashed, and they've lost compressor equipment, you know, however many hundred-some cases of beer, you know, there's going to be drywall repair, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, um, we put a GoFundMe out for them. So if you you guys don't know about it, look through our Facebook and our YouTube. Go find that GoFundMe. Um, we're probably going to wrap it up this weekend. Uh, even if you just, you know, buy a virtual, um, a virtual pint for them, fr- from them, you know, put in a $5 thing if you can. Um, you know, if you can do more, great. But uh, I, I know that they really appreciate it. We're going to help get them back on their feet and, um, you know, uh, f- you know move, move toward the future. And I know they were – they're definitely opening up on Sunday, I saw, for the Eagles game. They're going to do something outside. They've been doing, like, dogs and uh, – Burgers on the grill outside and serving some stuff up. So if you can, go support them. Hit up the uh, GoFundMe. Like John said, we'll probably wrap that up in a week or so. So if you got the uh, you got the means and you can help them out, we'd, uh, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, the um, I, I stopped by this past Sunday, and what they did is they just you know put tables and chairs out in the parking lot. Um, they can still pour, luckily, at their, um, at their bar. So you can walk up and, and you know, get a pint and then um, go sit outside. They're, they're cooking with a grill. I think they were doing burgers and dogs at least um, out there. But they had a TV out there and everything to watch the game. So definitely a cool spot. You know, go help them out, help them get back on their feet. But um, I ran into our buddy Kurt. Kurt Hershey. Yep. And he um, frequents. He's a big fan of, of Animated. He's close by and spends a lot, you know. I think, I think that's one of his favorite spots to, to visit. And he told me, he said, have you had the black IPA? I said, no. He said, you got to try it. It's really good. Um, so I was really excited for that. So I, I make sure, made sure that I snagged a four-pack on the way out. So this is the first time I'm actually getting into it. And like we were talking about, black IPAs, you don't see too many of them out there. I feel like they're coming back around a little bit. Yeah, they, they did like kind of pick up some um, some steam for some reason. You know, maybe the... <laughs> all the, the beer fans that, that are out there. So I tried to throw some love to animated on Saturday, but they were closed when I stopped in. Yeah. You got to keep an eye on their social media. They can't be open like they'd like to be. So yeah. I think we, uh, be. we had uh Jared and, and, or is he and Pat and all those guys out uh, for the GABF thing on yeah, Friday? That's right. we, you know, I think regardless of the size of your brewery, the reach of your brewery, when you see the, 
the videos that we all saw what happened to those guys like your heart goes out to them like that's a lot of hard work that's a lot of money that's a lot of you know just time efforts blood blood sweat tears everything and we brought those guys out on on friday and had a great time with them with the gabf thing and and just tried to get them out of uh out of the mindset of thinking about everything that was going wrong and trying to get them at night to just hang out relax and let us let us handle the the hospitality side of things and it, it we had a lot of fun actually <laughs> it was great like, yeah, we had a good time I'm that sure. night. that's awesome that's really cool. I, I can't imagine, like, those guys, um, you know, they're – they pretty much – from what it seemed like, like, every day they're just going in there all day cleaning, just doing whatever they can to make that space, you know, at least safe for people to come right. in and, and get beers. Even though it may not be ready, there's still, uh, there's still issues with this and that. You know, they can get you some nice beers. You know, you can hang out there. There's still some room to do that, but um, – yeah. And to do that, I'm sure, on top of trying to make beer. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, um, anyway, anybody, anything anybody can do to go visit them, try to check them out, check out the um, GoFundMe for sure, would be great. Uh, Black Indian Pale Ale. Don't make no sense, says Anthony. I know. Black, pale, they're kind of <laughs> not, not quite the same. Yeah, it's... Um, what do they call those, like cold IPAs? Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get all That's those That's why triggered. you're here. Yeah. <laughs> you're here yeah. to be triggered. <laughs> Let's see how many times I can, uh, you know, use a trigger. That's a, that's a big one right now. Like, <laughs> if it has lager yeast, it's a lager. Yeah. Like, there's, that's just. It's a dry hop lager or whatever. I yeah. Don't like, it's an it's a IPL. Like, if you want to call it that, sure. fine. Like, I don't necessarily agree with that definition either but if it has lager yeast and you ferment it at a cold temperature which you have to that is a lager i'm sorry <laughs> fish says it's, it's a hybrid like a labradoodle <laughs> kolsch is your hybrid you want a hybrid get a kolsch there you go or a golden doodle fish come on Ooh, my dog's not a labradoodle i, I like this have, beer it's um i just have labs <laughs> it's got a nice um it's it's a little chocolatey it's hoppy, and it's got a nice, like, bitter finish that um, kind of reminds me of coffee. You know what I mean? There's a roastiness to yeah, it. Yeah, I was about yeah, to say nose, uh, roasted nuttiness to it, which I mm -hmm. really enjoy in that beer. Yeah. No, that's that's good. It's called uh, Alliance of Pirates. There was definitely some four-packs there. I don't think uh, anybody was. So let's put this out to the chat. I agree, Anthony. Black IPA is a dumb name. What should we call this style? Because I agree that there's a space for a roasty hopped up ale i i think there's a space for that what would we call it stale stout ale stale i don't <laughs> don't know if stale is something we want in something we're no. drinking uh Wait, have you had that stale yeah <laughs> india pale porter get that stale uh, while it's fresh that's a tough one yeah because i mean you do i mean the brewing process is similar to what you would do with an IPA. You just use, you know, darker malts in it, so you get your color out of it. Um, but you're still putting the same hop regimen you would put in. Your, I would assume they dry hop this, uh, you know, so you're still, it's the same process as you would have with an IPA. You're just using darker malts for the yeah. most part. And so, obviously, I understand what Anthony is saying, um, but I, I, I don't know what else you, you could, dark, it can't be a dark ale because of, we already have that, yep. and that's not what it is. Um, How about IDA, India Dark Ale? 
That's not bad. That could work. I like that. Yeah, that could work. It's got the right stuff in it. Is it crushable? Hoppy Dark Ale from Hoppy Anthony. Hoppy Dark Ale. Not malt. Mm. Dark Ale implies it would be malty. So Anthony's breaking his own rule right it's now. It's called a stout, and that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Identity Crisis Ale. That could work. I see it. <laughs> Cascadian IPA is the original name, if I recall. Says Justin. I think he's right. Interesting. I don't know. This, I, it's a good beer. Yeah, no, I like it. I um, I want to say who else did a black IPA I really liked. I want to say it was Half Acre. Half Acre, Half Acre had one that was good. Lead Feather. Lead Feather was a black IPA. Was that a black yeah, IPA? That is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was really good. I like that. Is that me? I think so. Either that or your vibrator me. under the table is. Yeah. I apologize. Robin has it on the remote. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, um, what else did I want to talk about? Let's. Um, what, what were we talking about at the beginning of the show that we wanted to touch on? With the, with the, uh, uh, the, the songs. So, uh, Rolling Stone put out their list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Rolling Stone, the magazine that trashed Layla, broke up Cream, criticized every Led Zeppelin <laughs> yeah, yeah, album ever made. <laughs> Man. Um, Is that directly from uh, uh, Almost Famous? It was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know. It's probably because of the name of the magazine, but I thought of Satisfaction right away. Um, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't think that's that good of a song, but for some reason it just like popped into my head. Um, um, hey Jude popped into my head. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday's popped into my head. Those were the first kind of things that tossed around. Uh, something Bob Dylan popped into my head just because it's Rolling Stone and they seem to love Bob Dylan. Are the first 20 songs by Boys to Men? <laughs> yes, they're all by Boys to Men. <laughs> Damn well should be. <laughs> tell me, tell me you've seen Long Shot. Long Shot, no. Yeah, with um, I almost said Will Ferrell, uh, Seth Rogen, no, and uh, Char- Charlie Charlie Theron. Theron. Yeah, you, you I don't definitely got to. Yeah, you got to watch that movie. She's like Secretary of State, gonna maybe run for president, and he's like some reporter guy that uh, he's just like a, a journalist, and um, but they know each other from ki- from being kids. But uh, Boys to Men makes a little cameo in the movie, and it's hilarious. It's really good. But uh, I highly recommend recommend that movie if anybody hasn't seen it yet. Boys to Men set the record for longest weeks at number one. Okay. I forget which song it was. It might have been End of the Road. And then they broke their own record with the one that they did with Mariah Carey. Oh, no way. So they have like the two... I think something else might have hopped in there, but at least two of the three songs that has spent the most consecutive weeks at number one. That's crazy. They had crazy success. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me think back of, like, uh, what was going on at that time in music that allowed that to happen? Was it was it the the, you know, what, what was going on? Was there the transition between, like, Nirvana and like those bands coming out to like what's going to be next. So rap was starting to come through a little bit, but it still wasn't like widely accepted. Sure. So to me, it was almost like a middle ground of we're getting some of that R&B style into it, but it's still safe for white girls to consume. Yeah. So they liked it. Black audiences obviously liked it, and I just think it just hit all the right notes. I mean, there's definitely, I, I almost want to say, like, was it 
the first time there was really like a harmonizing boy band. You know, but I mean, there was there was definitely bands since the fifties for sure. I mean, since yeah. like the Temptations and right. the Platters kinda... and all of those. Yeah, absolutely. That was they were the first ones to. Well, well, you gotta go New Edition. I'm about to say New Edition. Like yeah, you can't. Go let's, not, let's get Bobby Brown as due. Right. Like New Edition. But I think they were the first one that came through. And at this, I, and they were way before the the 98 Degrees and the NSYNC. Right. And the, exactly. Well, they the were, Boys to Men kind of birthed 98 Degrees right. and NSYNC. They and gave all that those. model out there as like, hey, take these. Four dudes who can all harmonize and turn yeah. it into, you know, They've got status that. symbols and roll, and it worked. I feel like Boys to Men had that raw talent and burst on the scene. And somebody was probably like, "I bet you, if we did this with white boys, we could probably yeah, right. take it. It'd, it'd be right. even more accepted or something." Which sucks, but at the same time, um, it, it's just crazy that they paved the way for that whole phenomenon of the ninety-eight degrees and then sinks and Boys to or. Uh, and they had their little boys. trio. Who was it? Was Boys to Men. Another bad creation and Belle Biv DeVoe. That was like, and they were all kind of the same, like the East Coast family. The East Coast family. (laughs) They were all, uh, they all had that harmonizing, you know, little bit of hip hop thrown in, but not much, but more about just the harmonization and like getting through the song. And like, I think that led to a lot of other things later down the road, especially on the East Coast. Sure. Um, Hunter Thompson was the best part of Rolling Stones history. Says uh, says Anthony. I never read a lot of Hunter Thompson, and it's that not matter. like I, I purposely wasn't like I can't. I'm not reading that guy. I just never got exposed to it. I guess I read a lot of Hunter Thompson, Hunter S. Thompson, and I blame him for most of my problems these days. <laughs> I had a friend that was super into him and was kind of drinking a little too much at the same time. Yeah. So was he. It was yeah. <laughs> it, it was a bad mix for a couple months there with him. He was actually like recording conversations. Like I guess Hunter used to do that. Yes, he did. So if just to, not to harp on Hunter, but if you want to watch the craziest Hunter S. Thompson video, and there are plenty of them out there, there is one where he is on his back, the back part of his property in Colorado, firing, trading gunfire with someone up the mountain from him, and you can hear the bullets whizzing by, and he's firing off, and the guy of the mountain's firing off, and it's just wild because he's just out there with no qualms just firing off rounds like and talking to the camera the whole time you should youtube it it's pretty crazy that's insanity yeah it's it's it is the the microcosm of hunter s thompson (laughs) did the guy up mountain say i have the high ground (laughs) (laughs) does anybody have any guesses we're gonna do um the top couple how do they what's what's this category best songs of all time best songs of all time so I'll give I'll, I will why don't we we'll peruse the top ten here quickly. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So number should I go I should go ten to one really? Yeah, right? I think so. That's the way to do it. I didn't look at these. Uh... So number ten would be Outcast with Hey Ya. I like it. That's I, a great jam. I agree with that. Is that the one? There we go. Oh, I was doing the clap in the song. Oh. Hey, uh... <laughs> Number nine, uh, they went with uh, Fleetwood Mac, Dreams. Nice. Is that the uh, Ocean Spray? Is that the one? Is that the one where he was on the skate, the guy on the skateboard? Yes. Nice, yep. Number eight, Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On. Wow. Get Your Freak On. Get your freak that was a good one. I wonder if that that uh, video of the guy with the Ocean Spray bumped that up a couple notches on this list before it came out. It, uh, probably. <laughs> probably. It was probably <laughs> number 11. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> Number seven, The Beatles, Strawberry Fields Forever. Nice. 
Number six, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Loves Correct. Marvin Classic. Gaye. Yeah. Number five, Nirvana. Smells like Teen Spirit. Got to be, got to be near the top with that one. Number four, Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone. Stupid Nirvana, Fish says. <laughs> Stupid Nirvana. Number three, Sam Cooke, A Change Is Gonna Come. Great tune. That is a great tune. Number two, Public Enemy, Fight the Power. Wow. Number two. And then number one was Aretha Franklin, Respect. Crazy. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yeah. Written by Otis Redding. Number one, best song of all time. I don't necessarily agree, but that's just, again, another subjective list. Part of the reason you make these lists is for people to disagree with them. Sure. Sure. I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things that's going to get a bunch of people fired up. Exactly. Like fish. Stupid Nirvana. But, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. What, um, what would you say was like, do you remember there being like a song that was like, or a song or a band that you really think like could sum up your childhood or was like your favorite growing Ooh. up? I don't know if summing up your childhood is the right thing, but like, you know, maybe not even your favorite band now, but when you were growing up, like what was the, the, the band or a song maybe that had like the biggest impact on you? I think I already know what Seth's answer is. It's not. No? It's not. Okay. When you were younger. And that's a really hard one for me because um, if I'm going to go me personally, like I feel like almost like that that Woodstock documentary. I that was, was a really good documentary. It was fantastic. Very good. Really good. I, I was starting to hit that age. I was still a lot younger. I wasn't the 25 to 30-year-olds that could go to Woodstock. I was the younger generation that was just like – crazy hormones hated my parents teenage angst all the teenage angst you were the one setting the fires yes right, yeah. yes <laughs> stealing the water and setting the fires yeah you know i was uh you know pulling that sneaked pack of cigarettes out from under my my bed and going out back and you know cursing my parents under my breath listening to limp biscuit and uh papa roach you know what i mean like i feel like those type of bands were just like you know um all, all those bands like that, I feel like, were just such heavy rotation in my playlist when I was younger because for all those reasons why, like, they they kind of got accepted, like they said in the, the Woodstock documentary, you know what I mean? There was just, like, this weird, um, you know, gap in music and all of this weird, like, angst. There wasn't anybody that was uh, – they didn't have the Vietnam War, you know, all those things they were talking about, you know what I mean? But for me personally, I think it was more just, like – the, that type of music came out, and I was like, "Oh, I relate to this." You know, this uh, this angst, this little bit of emo, this this you know, um, new age rock, whatever you want to call it. But what about you guys? I feel like I grew up at such a crazy time for music because when I first started getting into music, it was Prince, Michael Jackson, '84. It was that kind of music. Yeah. Then as I started kind of branching out on my own, it was like the hair band, metal, that kind of stuff. I started sure. getting into. But then as high school hit, that's when grunge started to hit. So I got mm. tuned into the grunge scene and all that. So I feel like I got this weird. And then with that, in my own discoveries, I was discovering the Led Zeppelins and the Eric Clapton's and that yeah. stuff from the 70s. So I can't even, like, it, I had such a blend of all those things sure. as I was growing so up. Different. It's almost like segments of my life as opposed to just a big childhood 
right? Grouping. Yeah. Wild. What about you, Seth? Yeah, so I grew up in a household where music was always on, uh, which I am super thankful for. But the two bands... Very lucky. Yeah, it was awesome. But the two bands, really three, so three, and they're all different styles, which is kind of crazy, that really define what I listened to growing up was... Uh, the first one was Frank Zappa. My dad is a huge Zappa fan, and so Zappa was always on in my house, uh, which I thought was hilarious because those lyrics are hilarious. And then sure. I, it took me a long time to understand the genius of Frank Zappa, um, and I still don't know that I truly appreciate the genius of Frank Zappa. Right. There's so many different ways to listen to Zappa. Yes, 100%. If you're a hardcore musician, you yep. listen to it a completely different yep. way than if you're just hearing the lyrics yep. and that kind of part of it. Um, and the second one would be uh, Steely Dan. We listen to a lot of Steely Dan in our house. Um, and I don't know why... <laughs> it took me a long time to like really appreciate Fagan and Becker and Becker as a guitar player and, and really understand what the genius of Steely Dan was. Um, and then the third one was the Velvet Underground, and they are probably my favorite band of all time. I okay. think what the Velvet Underground did to music is unsur un unmatched by anyone. Um, there's a, a great quote, and I don't remember who it was. It may have been David Byrne, um, talking about the, the album Loaded, and like, Loaded barely sold 800,000 copies. So it okay. wasn't a success by those standards. But somebody said the statement was, yeah, but every single person that bought that album started a band. And it's just oh, like wow. the, yeah. the, the genius and the, and the musicianship of the Velvet Underground it can never be understated. And those are the three that I really like grew up before I got into the jam band scene and other stuff like those were like the precursor for me um and I still listen to all three of those artists all the time wow you know you're talking about growing up listening to music and like nobody so I, I kind of have like almost two separate sections of childhood of like who I was living with and things like that but when I was much younger um my mom never really listened to music but she got married to a guy and that whole soundtrack for that whole era of her being married to this guy is Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner on, you know, blasting out of the shed. You know what I mean? Like in Virginia, where I was living, where we were all living, and uh, Gucci, like if I'm not mistaken. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. That's right. That's yes. right. So um, yeah, so it's funny that you say that because like I just wanted like nothing to do with Leonard Skinner for like the longest time, and then like being moved out on my own. And um, I forget what it was, but, like, maybe I got, like, a Leonard Skinner, I, like, burned it or something, right? Like, a Leonard Skinner uh, greatest hits. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. There was, like, a little bit of nostalgia to it, but I was like, you know, for the first time, like, um, going back and, like, uh, as, like, a young adult, maybe, like, hearing Freebird and being able to appreciate it than, like, just, you know, uh, being younger and, you know, um, dealing with uh, whatever. They got hits. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was, like, blown away. Like, I can't believe, you know, that this was around me all this time, and I didn't appreciate it then. So the, I literally just last night watched the Leonard Skinner documentary on Netflix. No it way. just came so out. Good. Very so good. good. Very good. Very oh, good. I got to watch it. Um, I love that they talk about how their branding from their record company was a lot of the Confederate flag, Confederate flag right? and how they hated it. And how, Interesting. They really rebel against it, you know. Yeah these days i had no idea yeah yeah so that's cool 
there if, if if anyone's looking for a good Leonard, their one more for the road live album is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's one of the best live albums of all time, and everyone should listen to it. Um, but you know, th- there was that whole thing with Leonard Skinner having a rivalry with Neil Young, which was completely overblown and not true. Neil Young was a, a honorary pallbearer at uh, Van Zandt's funeral. Right. Like they were actually friends. Um, yeah, I, I it was just either. one of those things that got blown up by people that didn't know what they were talking All about. Right. I'm gonna have to watch it. There's also a Michael Schumacher uh, documentary. I saw that. I was like, John's John's all over this one. It came out today. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. Maybe this weekend. My goal is um, I'm going to go heavy Ted Lasso this weekend. Mm, as you should. I, season two is uh, is on my watch list, and I told Robin, there's no more waiting. We need to get started. Roy fucking Kent. Roy fucking Kent. I, something, I think, spoiled it for me. I saw, like, a picture of him in a coach's outfit and i'm like shit i think that's a spoiler but we'll see it's a minor one yeah but wow it, it beeped me on the uh closed caption oh good that's nice yeah that's i don't know if i like that kind of censorship what do you got there listen so. zuckerberg <laughs> uh this is iron hill breweries oktoberfest there you go sweet i can't wait i'm uh i'm pumped for some uh i think we should come up with a top five list for, every show. for next episode, for every show. So, like, like Seth said, uh, one of the greatest live albums. So, next show, I want to hear your top five live albums. Okay. I don't know that don't I've talk, listened talk to about five. It. You have, of course, five albums. Does the band Live have five albums? Does that count? Uh, yes. At this point, they probably do. <laughs> I was just talking about their debut album the other day and about how that album has staying power and i listened to it today and i'm still like damn this is a good album is like, throwing copper good. there throwing copper well they're their first main street success yeah. excuse me. i don't know that's their first album but that's just a staying power it's a great album so I, w- I i was a big live fan and just maybe within the past six months i was like i'm gonna check out some some concerts of live how do you search for that on youtube right <laughs> Live live. You yeah. can't search live live. Yeah, live, live. <laughs> it took me like, I was like. It's like, did you mean live? Uh, you have to like <laughs> literally think of the song. Right. Yeah, right. It's for me to be able to find it. But they're, like, uh, they're local boys, right? I York. Know. I, York, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That well, is the shit town that they I, speak. I, was about. I don't know if we're going to claim York as <laughs> local, but uh, from, from around here, how about that? Right? That's uh, that's funny. That, I, there's a TikTok that you got to, if you, if you set up a TikTok, Seth, you got to follow this guy. <laughs> There's a guy that, like, he just, um, he did, like, a thing talking about, like, Temple of the Dog and Live, and he, like, it's funny. It's, like, him experiencing these songs for the first time, even though he hasn't. It's, like, him, like, remembering experiencing these songs for the first time, but it's hilarious. I got to put that on. Put, put you guys on that. Mental Jewelry, Throwing Copper, Secret, Semdal. Somali. Somali. Yeah, I don't know that word. I don't read so well. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't. My town, a shit town. So, Oktoberfest. So, you know, having come from a sweet, malty, slightly copper lager, you know, remind us the difference between that and an Oktoberfest. What's, what's the difference in brewing? I mean, for us, it's, uh, we want our Oktoberfest to be a little drier. Uh, we don't want it to have overt sweetness, like the the um, so what we do with it is we, we don't decoct it. 
um, but we do follow the traditional Marzen brewing on it with our malt bill, all noble hops, and then we try to dry it out to make it a nice dry yep. beer. Like we don't wait. A lot of Marzins are sweet, and that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. Ours just we want it to be more on the dry side. Sure. Um, and, and keeping in that tradition, we really do try to follow. Uh, this, I mean, this recipe we've we've bounced back around so many times that we, we feel like we have it nailed down at this point. Sure. So we're we're super happy with it. Came out, came out really dry this year, which I love. Um, and so you know, when we look at it, we we've tried a bunch, and you know, we drink them all, and there is a certainly a, a touch of sweetness there, but it's not it's not overt. Like it's it's very minimal, and like the dryness on the back end really balances it out. To me, the I was going to say the sweetness is there, but it goes away yep. so quick. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that dryness. It really just like, it like evaporates or something. Everything's just gone. What makes me want another sip on this immediately. Yeah. Which, yep. you know, that's awesome. It's our version of putting, you know, peanuts and pretzels out of the bar. Nice. You ready for uh toast what? of the week? Yeah, let's do it. How about a beer? Woo! Mikey Brews presents the toast of the week. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll go first. Um, shout out Taylor. I feel like it was nice hearing his voice there for a second. Used to having him on the show. Yeah, shout out. But uh, shout out to that guy for not coming through ever. Um, <laughs> my shout out is going to be to some of my industry friends. Um, I got, like I said, I was hanging out in Connecticut and got to go out um, for some beers. So shout out to my buddy Bob from Maine. Bob. Bob yeah. and uh, Walt from Jersey. Um, but he, he's also a very big beer guy and, um, he, he gets excited to talk beers with me and he's like, comes over to me. He's like, where are we going? We're going to go out. Like I, I see him like maybe two or three times a year. He's like, I know you're the one that's out trying to find where the best beers are around here and da da da. So, um, but anyway, we had a really good time and, um, it was really good to see them. So, uh, shout out to them. They're my toast of the, uh, toast of the week. My uh, shout-out uh, toast of the week is to the wife. Happy birthday. Ooh, Woo! happy birthday. Happy birthday Mrs. to the wife. Regener. Mr. and Mrs. Steve. Mrs. Mr. Steve. Yeah. Mrs. Mrs. Mr. Mr. Steve. Mr. Steve. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Love you. Many more. Yeah. She's the best. You're lucky with that one. I, I lucked out. For sure. What do you got, Seth? Any got anything? Yeah, I would like to give mine to every brewery out there that not only entered the GABF competition this year, but one, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of uh, chutzpah to put your beer out there to be judged and be able to take the rejection if you don't win and be able to celebrate if you do win. And I think uh, we're seeing this this industry is, is stronger than ever right now. And I hope everyone, if you didn't win this year, keep entering. You're going to win. Uh, keep your Keep your heads up and keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, man. Shout out to all the breweries. Congratulations again to you guys Thank for you. bringing home the gold. Um, what a crazy thing, man. So many thousands of beers, only so many winners. How exciting it must be. You know, it, you know I can't imagine, right? So put yourself in the shoes um, of a brewery that's just like, kicking their ass trying to just like do the best they can and there's like you know maybe even if the sales aren't there yet the legitimacy of of winning out and beating those other breweries 
And uh, not that Root Down wasn't legitimate, but I remember them telling me just after their win, they had people traveling to get their beer. You know, people oh, yeah. coming from, you know, all the surrounding states to come in and, and get that gold-winning uh, American IPA, I think it was, Bine. Yeah, they won Bine, and they, they actually won for their Goza, a silver, and they also right. won um, Medium-Sized Brewery of the Year. Yeah. So they, they had a nice uh, triple crown there Absolutely. on that one. So they definitely don't didn't uh, need the help, per se, but, uh, man, just what a good feeling that must be. So um, good for them, too. Is that it? I think that's it. Let's wrap this thing up. Seth, thank you so much um, for coming out here, hanging out with us, bringing some brewskis. Congratulations to you and your team. Thank you. What a great. Certainly appreciate it. Yeah, what what a great thing here. Uh, If you guys took the time to watch us, to listen to us on your favorite platform, we really, really appreciate you. However you're consuming us, look for us on the other platform. So if you're watching us, you know, go find our podcast and subscribe to it. Uh, Search MBN Network. If you're listening to this, go find us on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following us. The show is completely different. However, if you're watching, the podcast is completely different. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better, whatever the other option is. Try so, it. Yeah, just try that. Options out. are always good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <If you're, laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> guys, thank you so much um, for, for everything. If you're watching, we appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time.